0: Welcome to Her Story, Conversations with International Women. Together, we'll get to know expatriate and entrepreneur women from around the world and learn her story, her origin, family, business, goals, and dreams. We will feel with her. We'll feel heartache, grief, admiration, motivation, and inspiration because these women are raw, beautifully imperfect, and strong. When they rise, we rise too. Let's hear Her Story. Welcome to episode 11 of Her Story, Conversations with International Women. This is Ali Stewart, your host, and I am so grateful for Annika's openness and just raw honesty last episode and continuing on in this episode. So this is part two of our conversation with Annika, and so if you haven't listened to part one, please listen to part one because we'll start right away um, with her continuing her story she, she will begin at a very, very low point in her life. And it's, it was really difficult um, for her to open up like that, so I, I'm grateful for her. And I'm grateful that she was able to explain how low, how deep and dark she had to go for her to be able to rise and really um, just thrive in her life. Now she's a very successful coach and owns businesses and runs different organizations. She's still a mom of three and incredible, is able to balance it. And so this episode will continue her story and also she'll coach us a little bit. She'll use some of her methods and ideology and it's really wonderful. It really helped me and continues to help me and hopefully it will help you too. So here we go.
1: I had to go see the doctor, of course. And he said, uh, he said over that that period of three years. He said, uh, "Be careful, Madame Turnerid. Uh, you're gonna break." And it's it's a little bit sick, but it actually almost uh, challenged me. Like, nah, right. I, mean, I don't break. That's weak <laughs> people break. I don't break. I just push a little harder. And it's it's yeah, it is sick. It's a sick part of me, but um, I love challenges. So mm-hmm. I turned this into a challenge, which is not good. I mean, you should you should know as an adult that uh, you need rest or there mm-hmm. are limits, but I didn't. So that he said that you're going to break, I was like, nah, nah, you just watch me. And then so I went into the wall, but I kept going through like with screws and metals and... <sighs> but then... So, ultimately, I pushed through the wall, and then there was just a black hole. So, um, I loved, I heard um, a Japanese lady say that, I I think it's a Japanese saying, that um, at least when you hit rock bottom, you can, you have something like to push yourself off the ground, to rebound, Mm -hmm. rebound, is that a word? Yes. Yeah? So... I think had I not heard that, because um, again, then I felt like it's a challenge right. and it triggered me to to, f- to find, where, like, where can I smack my feet on the ground so I start going up. Right. Um, but there was a moment uh, where I was suicidal. Not the normal suicidal, but um, life was so hard that I thought in a creative thinking kind of mode... I thought how can I get out of this because I this situation is not livable and uh, I just uh, at that time I heard on the news about a French family father who had gotten himself into so much trouble that he found no other solution than to kill his three children and his wife and oh. he did that through their food so he like Extreme level of poison, oh. so they just ate and fell asleep um, and then he shot he dug them into the garden, like in the earth, and then he shot himself, so I thought, okay, well, that would end everything, and i I would never leave my children, so okay, that I' take them with me, uh, but what if one of them is resistant to that stuff? What if one of them just sits there and doesn't understand what's like what's happening with the rest of them they're so little they can't even call for help so i was like no that's not a good plan and at the same time i was i mean i wasn't sick or anything so i was fully aware that oh my god that's like a creative thought of how to solve this so then i was like okay i need help I need for someone to be with me, just where I am, to make sure that I do the right thing and not the wrong thing. And that was also very hard, because at that moment, I couldn't get help. Mm. So, and uh, I thought things couldn't get worse, but they did. And, yeah, the ultimate touchdown, I guess. So, after that, then there was, yeah... I completely broke, and um, I was out for six weeks, didn't shower. So uh, the only thing I did was to get my kids out of bed, dress them and get them to kindergarten, and then uh, went home, crashed on the floor, literally on the floor inside the house, inside the door, and then I went to pick them up and feed them. That was it. I remember being super scared of the phone, if anyone would call me like just having a conversation was no it was the just thought made me feel like wanting to crawl out of my skin so but after 6 weeks things started started to change i heard about a lady in france an old lady who won the lottery uh i think she was 87 and she had played her whole life and um then the friday after that she won the lottery again like the jackpot wow yeah so they they went to interview her and they said so what are you going to do with the money and she said well my life dream since i was a girl was to live in a castle so i'm going to buy a castle and 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 the, the, the journalist said he ended like by saying well see these are things that we know will never happen but see they do happen mm-hmm. and And I don't know, for me that was a magic moment. I was like, the things that we want, but we also know they won't happen, they can happen. So with that, I I I just I don't know. I wasn't conscious, but I subconsciously I guess decided that's that's what I'm gonna do. The things I want that I believe cannot happen, I'm gonna make them happen. So I asked myself, okay. What do I want to do with my life? And I instantly knew I want to be a coach. Because it has been part of my life for as long as I can remember. Like through... I first started classical ballet when I was three. So there I had my dance coach. Yes. And then through basketball, volleyball, swimming, kickboxing. There was always a coach. Yes. And I knew what they... I know what they do for you. They make you better. Yes. Yeah? So... I started looking into that um, and then when I started I, I, I wasn't super clear that it was gonna be in sports it was more about the fact that a coach makes you better yes yeah and that's when I just dis- like I discovered the universe of uh, endless amounts of coaches in every area of yes. life basically so Life coaching now, yeah. business coaching, sales coaching, speaking coaching, everything. Right. Parenting coach. Uh, I'm actually a certified parenting coach, um, because, I, like uh, I, what I do, my pattern is I, I compete with myself. I want to be better, better. So I was like, wow, I can become a better parent if I train and get certified as a parenting coach. Well, then, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> I will become a little bit of a better parent. So I did that and then and then um, then it was uh, business coaching and something called rapid results coaching and um that that whole process of personal development is ultimately the tool that helped me become who I always wanted to be. Yeah. Who, you know, Somewhere deep inside we we have a clear image of who we are because we want to be that, and maybe we were when we were a kid, yeah, I was, and then it I disappeared in that whole desperate hunt for love, yes, when I was a kid i was I was a cool kid, <laughs> at least that's how I remember it uh fearless, I was fearless i would um yeah, I would like i would. Uh, my biological father had a boat and we would always would spend all the summer weeks on the boat and on islands and i would run everywhere like a, like a goat like a mountain goat i would just and that sense of freedom uh, i lost it and i just i didn't know what exactly i was looking for but i thought it had to come from you know being seen mm. or loved By another person, by a teacher at school, by my kickboxing coach. So I would do everything to satisfy them, everything to please or to yeah, to to get top score or but it was through the personal coaching that I finally find I mean it's it's within. It's 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 a you and you thing. It's a me and me deal. And oh my gosh. The the difference in how I feel as a person from that hunt, hunting for it, looking for it, searching ah, everywhere. Right. It's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. And um, going within and trying to befriend who you are and ultimately love and accept yourself with all your flaws, It's uh, it takes courage. And... Uh, I'm sometimes I wonder, why didn't I do that earlier in life? But I, I mean, this is not something they say in school or like yeah. how are you supposed to know? So I think, um, yeah, if, you know, they say everything happens for a reason and you are where you are today because of everything in the past. So I'm, I'm grateful for all of it. Yeah. And uh whoo it was a uh, was a hell of a journey to get there but um to get here. Uh and I actually looking back I didn't think I would get to a place where I'm where I like to hang out with myself. You know, it's uh it I used to think that love is something you give to someone you love someone else, you can't go around loving yourself, then you're messed up, there's something wrong with you. Uh, and when I work with my clients, I don't know, me. yeah, quick statistical check and I would say, uh, I cannot think of a single one, maybe one, maybe one, that actually are at peace with themselves, who they are, who okay. love themselves, who, yeah, have inner peace, yeah, I, I can think of one who, who slightly goes into there, but all the others <clears throat> don't. Yeah. There's pain because of this. There's da- doubt, uh, self-esteem issues, uh, fear of losing face. Yeah. All these things that almost all of them come from our childhood. And it's a pattern that we live with. It's our normal pattern. Uh, that we don't question, and we don't necessarily feel as victims, but we live as a victim from this pattern. And we make our choices based on what we think, like our pattern defines us. And uh, I studied to become a certified uh, tapping practitioner, emotional freedom technique. It's when you... Yes, you. Put your finger Uh on trigger points and Uh you tap, 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 tap to release triggers. Yeah, And uh, in that training, the teacher, I remember it, it was like, it landed in my soul. She said, "Um, the love from our parents defines us as persons. And I was like, (laughs) so, and it's true. It was true for me, but... If you don't take responsibility, like if you don't take responsibility for loving yourself or sorting out that love situation, yes, then you will live as a victim to like the love your parents gave to you. Meaning, if they were, if they communicated love in a language you could hear, which could be uh, spoken, it could be the physical touch, it could be gifts, it could be services, it could be quality time. Um, but what if you speak different languages, what if my mom poured love over me but I couldn't see it because that's not my language uh, I think so many, so many adult people walk around feeling like they weren't uh, appreciated or loved by their parents um, but and it may just be a case of that generation not being very outspoken or yeah, their family pattern is that it's not something you say. You just sit together and watch TV, and that's, that means, well, I love you. Right. I actually want to be out chopping wood, but I sit here yeah. next to you, watch TV. So, <clears throat> right? yeah. I mean, it is a problem that we see the world from our own perspective. We see relationships from our own perspective. We see uh, everything we do. We see it from our perspective, and we think that that is correct or we wouldn't have that perspective right right so every like in almost everything we do i i think it's fair to say that there are facts and details and big chunks that are assumed to be this but they are something very different yeah and we don't go after questioning it or saying Hey, what you just said or what we just did, uh, to me, I interpret it like this. This is what it means. Is that what you meant? Yeah. We judge others on what they do or what they say, but we judge ourselves on our intentions. Right. We know what we mean, what we say. I mean, I, yeah, I said that. That's what I mean. No, that, well, that's not what I heard. But we never go that. We never go to right. that next level. You, I mean, even to anyone who's a parent, you tell them, do this, do that, do that. And to you, it's clear. You know what you meant. And then you come back and they've done something different. You're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Or at work or with your partner or, I mean, even with yourself. Like so many, like take uh, most women today, wake up and summertime, I mean, bikini or you want to wear a dress. So you want to feel good. Right. Yeah. And in, in your head, you know what you looked like maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, and you still have that, you're still that same person, and you get up, and you see the mirror, like, what? That's not the same The in my head. You know, your intentions are, okay, I'm going to eat healthy today, I'm going to work out. And then comes life. And if you haven't planned your day, like, m- meticulously, is that a word? Yep. Yeah? Meticulous. Like, to the Yes, minute Exactly. Uh, someone else's agenda is going to come in, or the kids, or this, or your car, or something. And then at the end of the day, well, you had to eat something, and the only thing that was at home was a chocolate cake. I don't know who made it, but <laughs> y- you ha- you just had to have a something. And it would be quicker to take that piece than go and make a healthy snack. So, I mean, that's a that's a lame example, but it's still in our head. We have high expectations of ourselves. Yes. And then almost every day, I would say most adults let themselves down. Right. So we end up feeling bad about ourselves. So we put a lid on our like, maybe not so good. And which will have effects on our self-esteem. Yeah. Which will then have effects on how we interact with people in our life. So understanding our self-communication and... Our um, our intentions and yeah, it's a, it's a whole circus. Yeah. That I think, um, so many today walk around. Suffering from it, they hurt and they feel they they literally feel like victims to, one or the other thing. Right. And so many times, in my opinion, there are so many factors that you can take control of if you just become aware of how you think about it. Mm-hmm. Which is difficult to do on your own because the thoughts you think, 95% right. are repeated, 80% out of that is negative, and then comes the the jackpot of we believe what we think.
0: Right. It is
1: our truth or we wouldn't be thinking it. So whether it's good for us or bad for us, knowing that 80% of our thoughts are negative, um it's, we not, it's, it's not it's sometimes some outside help like a coach yeah. yeah but so that we feel frustrated or uh, unfulfilled or that we're stuck i mean, yes. it's it's very logic because right. well thanks to our brain because it functions yeah, it yeah. also keeps us safe uh it's what allows us not to when you come to a street you don't just walk straight out right it's the subconscious mind it stops you and you know you have to look before you walk yeah so You can't really say, oh, it's the stupid brain, (laughs) because it also keeps us alive. It makes us breathe through the night. We can go to sleep, but... The brain keeps working? Yeah.